Welcome, everybody, to the Money Time Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Hernandez, and with me today, I have a good friend, a brother. You guys, this guy is beyond inspiring. Uh, I don't think he knows what an impact he's made to my life, uh, but I'm beyond, beyond excited for today's episode. Let's welcome the one and only Mr. Alex Pena. Let's thank you, go. thank you. Let's go. Let's do it. So for those of you who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about who you are, what's your name, where you come from, what you do. Yeah, Alex Pena. Um... Grew up in the same area that you did, good old Fontana, you know, yeah. same little league, all that stuff. We uh, went to school together, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, got into uh, got into business, you know, at an early age. And, uh, you know, Adrian, likewise. So we, you know, kind of grew up, grew up um, facing the same challenges and um, kind of, you know, had each other's back kind of throughout the whole way, called each other, you know. Threw a lot of ideas back at each other. Always a good support system to have. So it was a yeah. good good friend to have. I love it. Well, it's cool. So we had your uh, brother on last week. So you guys watched uh, Derek Pena's video. You're probably thinking, is Derek back? No. Is his twin brother, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's cool. They're, they're both in the same business. But Alex has a different story. Um, and, you know, it's cool is because Alex, how old were you when you got started? I was always into logistics, you know, 18, 19, uh, but I'd say, you know, right when I was 20, 21, that's when I pretty much put all the effort at it. So, but prior to that, he had a huge entrepreneur spirit, right. That we'll talk about. Um, but what's cool guys is, um, I, um, I met Alex and Derek and we talked about this with Derek, but I met Alex and Derek when I first moved, I lived in Los Angeles. We moved to the Inland Empire uh, and I joined the little lead and I was, uh, I was fat at the time and I was not a good baseball player. Uh -uh. And Alex is very competitive. Are you more competitive than Derek? Uh, we're, let's say we're pretty What'd equal, but yeah, you guys are both very competitive, yeah, right? Absolutely. And me, I'm out in the field picking the fucking daisies, right? Yeah. The flowers and Alex wants to win the game. So I remember they were mean to me, but rightfully so you guys wanted to win. Right. So back then I remember going back and I'm telling my mom, like, they're mean to me. They're mean to me. And at the time I didn't realize it. Right. <laughs> um, and then it's funny because we then become friends and then here we are today and we always hang out. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was funny times. Was good times. Really good times. I really, I, w I really did suck though. <laughs> Yeah, you and uh, you and uh, this kid Woody. So if Woody's out there watching, and you played Fontana Little League, hit us up, dude. Hit us up. But yeah, you and Woody. They yeah, there was always those two weak links, and uh, unfortunately, that was Adrian. But he's good at other things. Nothing. They don't trust related. me throwing a ball. I asked to, to practice with Maddox, his son, to play baseball. I got shut down. That's so. funny. <laughs> All right, so let's get into your story. So you. Um, you know, talk about you at a, like, you obviously go to high school, you're in college, but you didn't really like complete college. Like explain that story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll start at high school, I guess. So, yeah. you know, during the four years that, uh, I went there, I took an elective drafting and, uh, I took a liking to it. You know, I, I found a way to kind of compete within my class. Like, you know, we'd get these projects and, you know, they'd be, you know, drawing floor plans or something, you know, with, you know, mechanical engineering along those lines. And, you know, the four years that were there, I, you know, really excelled at, at, um, using AutoCAD. It was this program, this computer program. So I, you know, the four years I built up a pretty cool, uh, portfolio, got it all together. And I kind of decided right out of high school that, you know, that's what I wanted to go to college for. That's what I wanted to get, you know, my career started in. And, uh, wow. so right out of high school, I had, you know, got my portfolio together and I just, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, send it to a bunch of uh, job listings out there and, you know, send a resume out right eyes high school. And I think, yeah, graduated in 2008. So not a lot of people were hiring at that time. And I got lucky this uh, company in Pomona called uh, stainless fixtures, um, you know, returned my call, did a sit down interview with, the, with me and hired me. I think at the time it was 
I don't know, 16 bucks an hour. And I was, I was pretty stoked. You know, it was like my first full-time job. It was literally right when I got out of, uh, you know, high school that summer. So, um, worked there. It was, it was awesome. They were, they were great. It was a small family owned business. So I got to see, you know, like a, um, you know, it was a whole family, you know, kids, uh, husband, wife. And, uh, so that was a cool aspect of it. But during the three, four months that I was there working during the summer, I, you know, found, I found out that, that it was something that I didn't want to do. You know, I was like super stoked, you know, I was only doing an hour, you know, of class and, right. but, you know, I got there, my job was to, uh, it was called redlining. I would correct, uh, mistakes on, you know, some of the drawings. So I did that three, four months and I was just sitting there in the office, you know, waiting for the eighth hour to end, you know, I was like, man, I don't know if I can, you know, be in an office type setting, you know? So yeah. it was just like, you know, gave them my two week notice. What, what was it that you didn't like? man, it was just, just being in an office in front of a computer, just, mm. just stuck, mm. just being stuck, you know, yeah. it, it just wasn't for me. So, uh, you know, give my two week notice, go to, you know, I'm taking college courses, all that stuff. And just the whole time when I'm there, I'm like, man, I don't know what I want to do now. That was like, you know, what I was planning on doing. And I got a little taste of it. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta switch, switch something up. So, um, you know, I was always doing little, little side hustles, you know, there. always, always, you always. know, and that's something your dad and you guys would always, cause I remember you sell, you sell like the, what are the frames or the mirrors? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a bunch of, bunch of little side hustles. Yeah. My dad, he was a big, uh, big penny saver and recycler guy. So he was always buying, buying stuff, selling stuff. So we kind of, my brother and I kind of, you know, took off of that when Craigslist came around. That was, I, rem I remember my dad, we used to go to the swap meeting and. He used to give us like 20 bucks, you know, to go buy whatever. Right. So, but the game was, you know, we'd buy something for 20 bucks and try to sell it for, you know, for 40 or 50 bucks. So that's awesome. This is a kid. Cool. As a, yeah, we're, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. So we'd buy stuff, put them on eBay. Right. Uh, just little stuff like that. So we've always had a little, you know, hustler kind of mindset about it. But, um, for sure. but yeah, so yeah, going to college. So just, you know, I was, kind of going through the motions, taking classes, you know, I did, did well, but I didn't want to, you know, pursue that, that, uh, that career. So, you know, my dad had a, uh, a logistics company and I was, you know, working for him, trained some of his drivers, uh, kind of learning, learning the business. I wasn't allowed to drive at the time. So I was just sitting in the passenger seat, just, right. uh, you know, kind of checking things out and, um, and yeah, so, uh, did that for a little bit and, did a little other little side hustles with uh with the LED yeah. lights. If you want to well, tell me about that, well, you talk about that. How'd you get into that? Oh man, that's a funny story. You were selling the LED lights. Were you right at high school? You were in college at the time. Right? I might have been maybe my senior year. Or was that out of right after drafting? I think it was right after that. It, it's it's a funny story because uh yeah I was on eBay selling <laughs> stuff and this guy had a bunch of uh, LED lights like for license plate lights and interior lighting and yeah. stuff like that and I was like. All right, let me go check it out. He was in Ontario. So I met him and yeah, we, I started selling the light bulbs. I think you buy like, I think per bulb, it was like five cents. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was five cents cheap. per bulb. And we're selling them for five bucks, Yeah, five bucks a bulb. bulb. So uh, <laughs> we're making some pretty decent money. Agents started to do it. You were making a lot of money, dude. So but you, didn't you start working with, with, with Will with too? With Will right after yeah. that. Well, no, so this was funny guys. This is, this is why you need Fred, like 
good friends around you, right? And and not only that, but good friends that are pushing the envelope forward, right? Like Alex and Derek has always pushed the envelope forward when it comes to like buying stuff, reselling it, when it comes to making money, right? Yeah. Because of rightfully so, hustle, the, Augie, right? You got yeah. Augie. You got yeah. the number one, like when it comes to making money, it's Augie. Yeah, no, no kidding. So sure. it was funny because I'm lifting weights at the time, right? And I think that's the cool thing to do, right? At the time, right? I'm thinking I got to lift weights to get girls, right? You're so pretty I'm, big. I'm at the gym. I'm lifting weights every day, right? I got no job. I got no money, but I'm lifting weights, right? I actually remember I was a trainer. And then anyways, long story short. So I'm lifting weights. And I remember one day I'm going to Alex and Alex is like, what did you say? Uh, you said, how many, uh, how many weights did you lift today? Or how many weights did you count today, Adrian? And I'm like, I, don't know. I looked at him like, I don't know why. And you were like, what'd you say? You were like, well, something about like, why? well, you were lifting weights. I was counting my money. <laughs> or you said something like at the time, like somebody from the outside oh. in would have been like, that was cocky. But for me, I was like, fuck, he's right. Like I'm over here lifting weights and this guy's making money. And I realized I'm doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. And so it was big <laughs> because it sparked like that. I dude, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget when you said it. Cause I was like, fuck, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Right. And so for all of us, like we get to the point where we're focusing on the wrong thing. And that was a big, I just want to thank you, dude. I don't think yeah, I ever thanked sure. you. I don't know if I remember that, but cool. It was such <laughs> a, it, it was such a big time for me. Cause I was like, fuck, he's right. Right. That's and then, cool. and that's when I, I hit you up. We started buying, I started buying lights and then yeah. we started selling lights on, uh, on Craigslist. But yeah, I'll never so, forget that. Yeah. I had a bunch of just random little things that, uh, <laughs> that we used to do for money. But, um, yeah, so going to school and I remember, um, you know, driving with my dad on this uh, specific day, he had called me and said that um, he wanted to meet up. We had a meeting in uh, in Santee over there in uh, San Diego County with a uh, with a FedEx contractor that was going. FedEx wasn't going to be renewing his contract because he was failing on you know had a bunch of service failures and you know was pretty much wasn't picking up accounts that he that he needed to. Right. So I was like, all right, let's go, let's go check him out to you know see what he has to say. So he was selling, I think, for. Four hundred fifty thousand. He wanted four fifty. This for a route. This is for a route. Yeah, okay. I think it was at that time. I think seven to eight trucks. Okay, that is, seven, that this guy has. Yeah, seven to eight trucks, like five five to six employees. So he wanted four fifty, and you know, obviously, we didn't have four hundred fifty grand. You know, right? That we didn't have that money, so kind of filled him out. He, I think, he had like a month and a half to to sell, or else you know his contract was going to expire, and it was you know no other option. So. We had told him, you know, you obviously we don't have the 450. Would you be interested in a, uh, you know, seller finance deal? Would you do 50,000 down and we'll make payments for for five years? So he said, hell no. You know, he wants all his money up front. So we left his house. All right, cool. You know, that's what we offered, whatever. I think like two, three, two, three weeks, uh, you know, goes by and he hits us back up. His time was running out and he was, all right, I'll take it. 50 down and, you know the rest in payments and we ended up getting it at a 350 grand. So it came down on yeah. price and you were able to do a seller finance. Yeah. What? So at the time were you brought prior to you guys going to San Diego to, to make that drive, were you working for your dad? Were you at? Yeah. 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 Like I said, I was just, uh, I was training the drivers. Okay, so so training, training routes, out. learning routes, learning the business, okay. you know, learning how to coordinate schedule right. schedules, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I already kind of had an idea what to do. I was still, you know, fresh. Right. Still and what fresh. is that business? So it's trucking, but for those that don't know, what exactly is it? Sure. So uh, my trucking company, I'm a contractor with FedEx Ground. So, you know, they pretty much supply all the accounts. You service the account. You hire your drivers. You you service your own tractors, um, insurance, the whole deal. They just contract out the work to you. Okay. 
So that, yeah, that's where we're at. So yeah, that guy, that the guy agreed and, you know, went down there, met the, uh, the new team and, uh, you know, right off, right off the bat, purchasing another, you know, business like that, they already have their, their ways of, you know, doing things and, you know, their kind of mindsets of the way that they, they expect things to run. And, you know, we, we let it run like that for, for about a month until we kind of learned what was going on and, you know, decided to make changes. But I remember just right off the bat, I I think the guy's name was Terry. He was old. He was an older guy. He was probably in his late sixties. Been with uh with that contractor for um you know I think he was a maybe a contractor for ten years. Been with them quite a while with the wow. company, and uh, introduced myself. Man, told him I was gonna be you know managing. That guy quit right away. <laughs> like it just like that. I was like, he was oh out. shit. So so yeah. to catch you guys up. So Alex, you go you and you guys go to San Diego. You guys get this route. Yep. You, you guys aren't in San Diego at the time. No. Yeah. So our, this is your first route in San Diego. Correct. So you're, yeah, we're at that time we're based out of Rialto. Okay. We're based out of Rialto. So yeah, we got that opportunity in San Diego and had to pretty much pick up everything and, you know, bounce over there. And at that time I was, uh, 20, 21, give or take, hmm. you know, and you were still selling LEDs at the time. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Were. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, probably you were still, for sure. so you then go to San Diego, you get the, you guys get this route seller finance, which is crazy by the way. Right. Cause we talk about it in real estate and it, it's, it's so relevant in other businesses. Yeah. And at that time I didn't even know what, you know, seller, finance seller was. financing was, I didn't even know, <laughs> you know, that term, it was just, Hey, this is what I got, you know? So cool. can you do this? And yeah, it kind of worked out. So then you were, you were then sent to San Diego to run these routes. Yeah. You then go introduce yourself. Yeah, I introduced myself <laughs> to some of the drivers, and yeah, that guy Terry said, "All right, I'm out of here." I'm not working. I'm like, oh man! And then like a couple of weeks later, I think another guy bounced the same way. So I'm like, because we started switching up the routes, we're used to doing, you know, three to four runs a day. We're right. you know, taking them way way longer than what they should. So we started moving stuff around, making things more efficient. And yeah, that's where, uh, you know, we had the problem. But yeah, going. I mean, at at that age, it was you know, it's it's pretty tough. Uh, you know being a manager, I was also driving. So I had my class A license. So I remember, you know, being in that position, I was like, I was like, I already know these guys are, you know, I already know what they're thinking. Right. You know, this kid, you know, doesn't, doesn't work. He's just going to be telling us what to do. So I made it a point that I was going to outwork like every single one of them. Cause I'm in a truck with them. I'm in the trenches with them. Yeah. You're not just telling them what to do. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to work a 12 to 14 hour day. And, right. you know, I'm not going to give them an option to, uh, you know, to get those extra hours. So when their, you know, time came up and they had an extra run, I'd be like, hey, uh, I'll do the run. You can go home. So, you know, yeah. they, you know, they kind of grew some respect, grew some respect really quick. And yeah. and I'd, I'd say like two to three months of that, you know, they got them on board, hired, hired some new people and, you know, got the uh, got the ball rolling on that and got operations going. Um, management. Uh, so dealing with FedEx management, that was, um, it was tough. It was, uh, there was a manager in uh, San Diego by the name of Steve. He, uh, I really respect that guy a lot at that age. He, he challenged me, you know, as you know, as a kid at the time, he would always question like some of the deci- decisions I was making. He would, you know, call and double check that I knew that, Hey, this account needed to be picked up at that time. I'm like, yeah, I know, but he'd, he'd always call me and you know, he, he challenged me at an early age where, where he kind of molded me to the contractor that I became, you know, and the business owner that I became now. 
Um, so good. Yeah, it's funny because I actually ran into him a couple, like about a month ago or so, oh, and I, I told him that man, I was like, dude, you're awesome. Thank you for, you know, for giving me a hard time back then. Like, yeah, it was super cool. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. So, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, just that whole San Diego experience. Um, you know, going into a different market and 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 learning, learning the way their their operations run, different accounts dealing with different, you know, management, employees, just different challenges, you know, right. it, you know, it, it helped me grow, you know, once, the, once, you know, management with FedEx knew that, you know, we were able to, ha- you know, handle more accounts, they were given us, you know, pretty much, Hey, do you, we got this account coming up. Do you think you could hide, you know, handle it? Take them. So at that time, I think we were dealing with in that area, we had a bunch of big accounts like Titleist, TaylorMade, oh, wow. a bunch of, you know, Callaway, all the, all the big golf accounts were over there. So we, right. you know, we're, we're doing a bunch of those accounts at the time, but, um, yeah, good experience for sure. When you were first starting off, you know, and you had the, those people quit and you're young, right. That can play a lot of tricks on your mind that mm-hmm. can, you know, help some people can start, have them second guessing if that, you know, this is something they should be doing or not. Right. Like that, did, did you ever have a mental challenge when it, when you were first starting off and you had these people leave and some of them weren't respecting you because you were younger, uh, what was your mindset there? Not really, Adrian. Um, it, you know, it pissed off my ego a little bit, you know, right. But I, the manager where I was learning from in Rialto, um, my dad, my dad's manager at the time, he was also a younger guy. I think he might maybe been like five years older than me at the time, 25, 26. And, you know, I, I learned a lot from him too. His name's Tony. Um, I learned a lot from him too. I, you know, sitting in his passenger seat for countless hours, you know, out of the week. And, uh, I saw the, you know, the struggles that, you know, some of the drivers gave him all the stuff that he was going through. So, you know, I was, I was, I was ready for it. You know, I, I learned how he handled different situations. So, you know, when that, when that stuff happened, I think it just gave me more fuel. So, oh, okay, it. well, you don't, you don't think I could do it. Well, Watch I'll, I'll show you, Yeah. you know? And like I said, it was, you know, being, being in a, in a tractor, you know, in a truck, you know, driving alongside, you know, your employees at the time, I think, you know, they, they'll, you could gain respect pretty quick if you're putting in the work. Yeah. So keyword, putting in the work for sure. Right? Yeah. Putting in the work. Yeah, and I, you know, sure. a lot of people that I talk to and they're like, dude, I'm not getting any respect from where I'm at. And I'm like, well, are you working? Well, yeah. Well, are you the first one there? No. Are you the last one to leave? No. no. Well, how do you expect them to, how do you expect them to respect you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and that huge. was a, yeah, it was huge. And that was a tough, tough operation over there. So we had a, a I'd say, I think we had seven, eight trucks. I think at one time we had nine. Um, I'd say seven of, Seven of them would run partially during the day, you know, let's just say 7 a.m. to, you know, 10 p.m. Right. And then our we had two to three trucks running, you know, graveyard from, you know, eight, eight at night till it's, you know, six, seven in the morning. So it was a it was a pretty, pretty much a 24, 24, seven operation. And yeah. man, that, that was tough because I, I would deal with all the day stuff. At night, I'd get with all the drivers, let them know what they're going to be doing, and then just praying and crossing my fingers that I didn't get a call at the middle of the night that right. they broke down or, you know, they're having problems with this or that. And, um, yeah, so the, the whole operation was, you know, was challenging. But, um, you know, between myself with the operations, we had another, another business partner named Rudy. He was – that guy was, you know – pretty much one of my mentors early on. He, you know, he, uh, he pretty much did all the maintenance stuff, helped me out with all, you know, all the trucks that need to be serviced. Oh, wow. 
And then obviously having Augie, my, my dad, you know, he was back in Rialto. He had his own, um, you know, trucking company he was dealing with at the time. And, um, so between us three, you know, handled it, got stuff done and, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, built it up to where, where we eventually ended up selling him. But man, it was, it was a struggle, man. The, I forgot to t- mention the, uh, part of the deal when we bought those trucks, the trucks that we acquired from the previous contractor, they were in terrible shape, right? terrible shape. So, you know, we had, I forget how much we we're paying the guy a month or I think it was weekly. Um, but between the money that was going there, maintenance, it was like the profit margins were super thin, super and thin. Is that because the trucks required so much maintenance? Yeah. Yeah. The trucks yeah. were just beat up. So we're just, you know, we're paying, paying a bunch in, in maintenance. And then right. we had, you know, pretty big overhead right off the bat with the, you know, with the amount of money that we're paying. Right. So, you know, we did our best that we could made pretty good money. I was making decent money cause I was driving, you're driving, right. You know, driving the own truck, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was challenging. It wasn't yeah. easy. That's for sure. But we got it. We got, we got it going. Yeah. It was rolling. Well, it was full immersion is what I'm hearing. Right. You literally, it was full of, and I remember when you were in it, Yeah, right? it was, that's all you were doing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, on that aspect. Yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, 20, 21 years old, moved out to San Diego and I didn't have like any, anybody out there. I didn't have any family. It was just me. So it was, it was it was a good thing because it made me a hundred percent focus on work. Right. I didn't have any distractions, nope. nobody to hang out with after work, right. nothing. Right. So it would just, you know, clock in and stay as long as you can until you, you know, until yep. you get tired. Yep. And, uh, so that, I mean, that was, that was huge. That was, you know, a huge part of my success for sure. It just, it's so, you know, it's so big. Cause I think a lot of us don't, ever go full immersion in anything and we wonder why we don't master anything right or we wonder why there are other people like yourself that from you know call it 19 to 25 went from nothing to a lot Mm -hmm. right and you wonder why and and i firmly believe it comes down to the full immersion part there are too many people dabbling sure right like had you just dabbled showed up every now and then right you would not be where you're at today and i talked to so many entrepreneurs where they're just dabbling they're dabbling. They're like, oh, yeah, well, no, go all in, go all in. Yeah. And you're going to be fur, far, so further ahead than everyone else. And then here's the key thing. Did you notice that Alex wasn't talking about him going full immersion in FedEx and he was doing stocks and he was selling real estate and solar at the same time? No, no. It's one thing. Yeah, that's it. Right. One thing. And you, you may have had a little side hustle going, but the focus was one thing. Yeah. So what I want to ask you is people that are younger that get into management roles like you got into like a big role like yourself that may be struggling struggling mentally what is some advice that you have for them uh to help them through that because you know you were right there on the front lines of it sure um you know confidence and at the end of the day you just have to put in the time and put in the work you know i think uh maybe where a lot of people might struggle is that that uh that they don't want to put in that work you know they want to they have that management position and maybe they want to uh delegate certain tasks to other people and, you know, not do anything themselves. And, uh, you know, that, that might be a cause of their struggle, but it's, it's putting in the work. That's, uh, you know, one of the things that I found to, to help me out is, you know, putting in the work, developing these systems, learn, learning them. And then, you know, once you got that down, then you can delegate them to other people and, you know, yeah, you know, grow from there. I agree. 
agree. Help help us understand. So you a route, you explained how much a route costs, but what does a truck? So you guys are in San Diego. What was an average truck bringing in? What does an average truck cost to maintain? Yeah. What do the numbers look like that for sure. a private contractor? Yeah. So back then, that was in 2011 when I, you know, when we when we purchased that, and man, those numbers back then don't even compare to what they are now. Okay. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to put it from that perspective. I could talk to where we're at now. Yeah, just let's do that. Um, so, you know, currently I'd say a truck, depending on how much that truck is on the road, but let's just say, let's just say five days a week running, uh, 50 hours, 50 hours a week can make, you know, anywhere from 4,000 to $5,000, give or take a week, a week. I run all local. I don't do any, uh, any line haul over the road stuff. So I, I pretty much service inland empire. What's then the I, difference? Uh, so what I do, it's, it's, it's called drop and hook, pretty much drop and hook. I'm taking, picking up a, uh, an empty trailer, taking it to a customer's account, dropping off the, uh, the empty trailer, picking up their loaded trailer and then taking it back to, uh, to the terminal. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of shuttle work like that with all the local warehouses. So uh, line haul, typically they'll, they'll take loaded trailers and then they'll go over the road to Texas, yeah. Nevada, Arizona, you know, line haul work like that. So, you know, we're, I think we're average, you know, three, 300 miles a day per truck. So like I said, 50 hours, like a 50 hour work week, it could be more, you know, anywhere from four to 5,000. And, uh, you know, depending on the distance of the account and all that good stuff, but, um, you know, minus five, 600 bucks in fuel, will, you know, with fuel prices, prices right now can escalate a little quick, but, uh, what about last year? What was your fuel bill last year? I remember asking, I know it was up by like 35%. I think we spent like almost like a half mil in, in, uh, fuel. fuel. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot, but, um. So you have the so they bring about four to five thousand. You have the fuel, and then as, is maintenance pretty deep on a? Depends. It depends. Like man, it, it varies. It's, it varies, man. The trucks can have a solid two, three months where you're just doing basic maintenance. You know your oil changes, right. fluid changes, all that good stuff, and then you could have a you know huge failure with your transmission, or you know you need an engine rebuild, and right. you know it doesn't come off often, but it's definitely part of the game. So it, it's really hard to put a you know exact number to it yeah it's, it's really hard to put a put a number on it but um yeah i mean as far as i like to stay with within like a fifth with you know with your payroll with your insurance yeah. all that stuff you know out of that fifth uh out of the i try to say we're between 20 and 30 percent on profit, profit per markers. truck yeah that's strong that's strong yeah so but the maintenance does kill you and you know and i'm sure people that are in the trucking industry you know not only you know fedex what i'm in but with the other areas Right. They have the same issues. They have, you know, solid weeks and then they'll have, you know, an invoice of, you know, five to six grand or plus 10 grand. They have, you know, have to do an engine rebuild and their profits are, you know, smoked right? like that. And it happens. And that's, you know, something that, you know, as a company, you know, we prepare for, we put, you know, money aside for maintenance, all that good stuff. Right. Prepare for it. Yep. That's good. I love that. So you're in San Diego. You guys, you're working. How did you go from San Diego back to Rialto? Back to Rialto. Okay, so a little bit of a story there. So at that time, the California Air Resource Board, uh, they do like smogs and all that good stuff. They had a new law where you had that a new law with the missions for big rigs where you had to pretty much either buy new tractors 
um, with the with the DPF systems. Oh shit! Because that's when DPF systems had came out. I think right. they came out in like two thousand eight. And uh, is that DEF? Uh, yeah. So no, DPF no. is like the filter, and then okay. DEF came out and like later on okay. to supplement the uh, the DPF like in two thousand twelve. But same type of emissions still. That was like their first uh, first thing that they did. And they, we pretty much had to update all of our trucks. All our trucks were, you know, 2007 and below. So we had like nine trucks to replace. Oh, shit. And we're like, man, this is, we're already, we're already barely, barely scooting by. We're making decent money. But, right. you know, to, to get a whole new fleet, you know. What does at, each tr- truck cost? Uh, depends, you know, anywhere from 50, 50, 70 grand. And you got to replace how many of them? Nine. Oh, shit. So we're like, dang, we still owe this guy, you know, we still owe this guy uh, money. And, you know, we're making money, but, you know, not a lot. Yeah, not, so not, like, not man, trucks. we got we to gotta think about what we got to do here. And um, a blessing in disguise, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Jessica, yeah. um, she ended up getting pregnant. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, time to come home, <laughs> you know. So yeah. uh, it kind of worked out. So, we, we, you know, we put up the business for sale. Uh, we got an offer, I think, at 650 So at 650 we called the guy that we, I think, I don't forget how much we owed him at the time. We're like, hey, we got, we're going to be coming. We didn't tell him we sold it, but we're like, hey, we're going to be coming up on this chunk of cash where you take, I think we might have owed him maybe like 250 or something at the time. And I was like, hey, right. you know, would you take a 150, you know, up front right now? So he said, yeah, paid him off uh, between us three, you know, three, uh, the partners right there split all the profit. That's you know. awesome. Sold away, and then, yeah, so that's how we got out of San Diego. How this many years were you in San Diego? Three. You bought it for how much? Uh, we bought it for 350 Sold it for? 650 And you came in as a equity, or as a, as like, your your equity stake was sweat equity. You need to go run it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is so good. So yeah. I talk about this all the time. You have two yeah. ways to build a business. I gave 10 grand. The, only, the 10 grand that I had. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, that's still, Hell right? Yeah. But I talk about, like, you have sweat equity or you have equity, sure. right, to build a business, yeah. right? And when you're young, I always tell everybody, go out and go work. Like, sure. go get your hand. You don't have money to give them, so go put in the work and it'll pay off. And that's like, dude, that's a phenomenal story to that. Yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Turn, yeah, so we turn sold. Turn 10 grand into, into, into whatever you turned it into. Yeah, so we sold and- um, I'm pumped know, right now. I love hearing that. Sold, had a good chunk of cash. Forget the, the exact numbers, but- um, Bought my first house. You helped me out getting yeah. my first house. Uh, At like the perfect time. Perfect too. time. It, it was- you know, I don't know what we bought it for, like three thirty or something like that. Yep. Yeah, bought the house, and then uh, I was like, "Dang, you know what? What now?" I, you know, went from being, you know, at a partnership in that business down here, and I'm pretty much starting fresh. You know, I'm twenty, I don't know, three, twenty four at the time, brand new baby. Yeah, man. You dog. know, brand new baby, and that I think that's what like really woke me up. So mm. you know, I've always hustled before, and I've always, you know you know, got after it. But at, at some point I was still kind of living, living for, for the weekend, maybe a little bit, you know, right. I wasn't a hundred percent focused. I'd say I was like 85, give or yeah. take, you know, but you were also 21. Yeah. Uh, 21 to 23. Yeah. So it was, yeah, for sure. And, um, so yeah, uh, brand new baby. And, uh, I was, so when we sold, I was back working for, for my, for my dad's company. He was like, what, what are your, what are your plans? And I'm like, fuck, I'm, you know, I'm going to be working for you, you know, until I find something to buy. He was like, well, he was like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sell you, I'll sell you some accounts. I'm like, all right. So all the, the, the money that I got went back to him. So I freaking <laughs> bought like two, two trucks, two, three trucks from him. That's awesome. Bought two trucks and then pretty much started fresh. And I, I think that was, you know, one thing that I, um, 
that I that I think like you know people say don't do business with family and uh, I I you know I've seen I've seen the horror stories heard them all that good stuff and I I and I'm sure that you know my my dad heard those too and what one thing that I really respect from him is that he pretty much said like hey you know we're in the same business but like he was never like he pretty much told me to go do my own thing that he didn't want me working for him so right. which was which was super cool because you know today yeah we you know we have our you know different entities or different corporations and um you know we still work together you know right. they you know we still if i have a driver that calls off i give pretty much all the work to him vice versa same thing with my brothers right. um so uh yeah so yeah he pretty much said you know give me the I, th- I forget what i gave him i think it was like 200 or something like that like he damn. pretty much said you ain't working for me i said damn <laughs> i just had this 200 there it goes so yeah i started fresh and just built that up you know awesome. same thing that we did in um that you know that i learned from san diego started hiring working and at, you know like i said being um you know 20 23 year old dad man it was you know pretty pretty nerve-wracking a lot of a lot of uncertainty and oh, yeah. you know it was just like all right i gotta i gotta provide now you know it's not me you know it's not just me anymore it's the wife For sure. it's the kid brand new house you know yeah. so it was you yeah, know mortgage oh man things just change up real quick <laughs> for sure so yeah but yeah man it was a you know like i said it was a blessing man it just you know fired up something in me that i didn't know i had yeah and you know we Went after it, built it up, and I think, you know, I had a, I think within like, I don't know, three three years, three years, I had got it up to like 10, 12 trucks, yeah. give or take, and um, yeah, built up, built up some, a nice little operation, and then, uh, and then, and then I got that other opportunity up in, uh, in Tracy. Tracy. So I just want to come back a little yeah. bit. Um, super cool, guys. Alex is what? When, when did you buy the North Montana house? When you moved back? Two, 2013. So 2013. Alex is the only one out of all of our friends that owns his own house. Yeah. He's the only one. Like half of us are still living with our mom and dads, right? Yeah. But it's super cool because just the the transition from that and how he took the money and reinvested it back into the business when so many people would have took that money and oh, man. went on a vacation and bought some dumb shit. For right. Sure. But you, you, you knew, yeah. right. And do you think that was because of mad dog? Do you think that's because Maddox was in the picture or, or just yeah. Yeah. I mean, a part of it. Yeah. Part definitely it? a part of it. Yeah. Just having a, a brand new family and just being like, all right, well I got to have a, uh, you know, home base, got to have yeah. a home and you know, I got, and I'm pretty much starting all over again. So I need to reinvest, you know, back into, you know, another, another business like I had, you know, previous, previously started and, right. you know, going through those challenges at that, at a young age like that up in San Diego, I was like, man, this is, this is cake. You yeah, know, I, I, I can for sure do this again. So yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, the family was definitely a, a big part of, uh, you know, of my success, I think for sure. I love that. And dude. I got to give credit to my wife. She's, you know, She's awesome. She let me go do that stuff. You know, yeah. I was out like almost like 16 hours a day sometimes just getting after it, you know, which is so important <laughs> to have the right spouse. Right. Yeah, for sure. Because had she been like, no, you need to be home. Yeah. Right. That would have been hard. That would have been challenging. No. Yeah, for sure. I thank her all the time for that. Even to this day. That's cool. You know, with all the stuff going on, we I'm still always out and about getting stuff done and never questions anything I do. So pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I love the, uh, that other day, the sandwich, that heart sandwich, dude, that shit was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> we've funny. all, I don't know, for those of you that don't know, we've been, we're all friends. Like, um, we've all been friends for God knows how yeah. many years. High school. That so stuff. it's just so cool to, uh, to see it all happen. All right. So 
Heather Outs, your Matt Maddox is here, right? How did you go from buying the couple of routes from your dad to getting to where you're at today? Yeah, so you know, like I said, we built that we built that Rialto uh, operation up, and you know, mind you, this whole time, you know, it's it's a small business. You know, we have, you know, six to eight employees, me being one of them, wife doing payroll, you know, HR stuff. Like, we're not to where we are today. We weren't back then. Yeah, you were still you know, operating. Yeah, we're and, still. Yeah, you know, still small, small family business, and um, you know, I remember talking to you actually. We were golfing. And, uh, at that time I didn't, I was the manager of the operations. I always had been for, I think like seven, eight years that I was in business. It was all the responsibility was on me, all the dispatching, talking to the, to the managers. Um, that was on me. I wanted that responsibility to be on me. Right. And I think it, you know, it hindered me a little bit cause I, I stopped growing. I'd say for, I don't know, I'd say for a year, hmm. year and a half. I was just kind of stagnant, you know, mm. at the 10 or 11 trucks that I had at the time. I was, I was like, man, this is a lot for me. Like I need to find, I need to find help. Right. And I remember talking to you, um, about that. I was like, man, I don't want, I don't want to give that responsibility to anybody else. And you're like, no, you have to, sometimes they could do a better job than you. And I was like, I couldn't see that. I was like, there's no, there's no way, dude. Right. There's no way anybody could do a better job than me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I kind of got, I got forced into that to making that decision because another opportunity arised in, um, in, um, Tracy. in Northern California in, uh, in Tracy, uh, San Jose, that whole Bay area market at the time they had just opened up a brand new, um, brand new, uh, terminal over there and they, they needed contractors to help. And this is during peak season, you know, during the holiday season. And they had hit us up and, you know, we we're like, let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go up there and try it out. So I remember calling, you know, Jess, my wife, well, Hey, got this opportunity to go over there. Um, you know, at, at that time I had two kids. I had, you know, I think Maddox was three and Jolene's two or something or 15 months apart. And I was like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go over there for like two to three months. I'm going to help out during peak. See, see what, uh, see what I could get into over there. And, you know, it was during the holidays and, you know, it was, it was tough. tough yeah. It was tough, man. And, um, and, uh, anyways, the operations that I had in, in, um, in Rialto, I had, you know, Griffin, um, you know, Griffin, yeah. um, he was, uh, you know, I saw potential in him. I was like, man, let's, I talked to him. I was like, Hey, I'm, I have this opportunity to go down there. I think I told him, I was like, you want to go over there or do you want me to go? He was like, I'll stay and manage down here. So I was like, all right, cool. So gave the, uh, gave the keys to Griffin and he, you know, he killed it, man. He, um, took, took over that operation, did all the dispatching. He was doing almost a better job than, than I was doing, you know? Right. So he did that. And that gave me the opportunity to go over there to Tracy and, um, you know, and put in that work. And at that time too, the, you know, the, the routes that we were doing over there in Northern California, they were you know, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oh, shit. So it was tough. It was tough, you know, tough on my operations over here in um, in Southern California because I didn't know, you know, what was going on. But right. I'd, I'd call, check in, see how the day went, you know, and then work and then go to bed, you know, at 7 a.m. Hey, how's everything going? You guys, you know, doing oh, anything? Shit. So it was tough. I didn't have, you know. So you had Rialto it, running the day and yeah. you're in Northern yeah. California running the night. Yeah. So, you Did know. you sleep? We, man, hardly. And then it, I've never worked those hours before, you know, those graveyard right. hours. It was tough. So, yeah, we, oh, man, it was, it was pretty <laughs> tough. So we did that, you know, two, three months. We, um, we ran the, uh, we ran those routes, learned them. And then, you know, 
doing those routes, you're in the office talking to like the, uh, you know, the, the coordinators, the FedEx coordinators, they're the one that give you the, whatever your next dispatch is. Right. You know, and they took a liking, liking to us and, you know, they were, they were pretty much like, Hey, they're started giving us more work. And I'm like, Hey man, this is like kind of growing pretty quick. So started hiring, you know, started hiring, get, you know, two trucks, went to four trucks and we're like, man. So I was like, man, this isn't going to stop. They keep giving us work. Right. And, um, you know, at that time there was a, uh, another contractor over there that was kind of a absentee owner, I guess you can say. And, you know, he had his, his, his managers doing pretty much what we were doing. And, uh, you know, those managers didn't care about that business, right. you know, they didn't care. So they knew that we were in town helping, helping out with work and they, those managers saw an opportunity for them to kind of kick back a little bit. So like, Hey, do you want this, this extra run so I can go home early? Right. So they were giving us work. So not only were we getting work from, you know, FedEx, a terminal, the other contractor was, you know, their oh, manager were giving us work and, and then they started to have service failures, you know, and then, you know, we started to, to get their account. So man, it, yeah, it blew up, you know, within, I'd say a year of us being in there, we pretty much took, you know, took control and, you know, That's of, awesome. of pretty much all the accounts that were there. So, right. Yeah. You know, I remember calling Jess like, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're growing a lot over there. Like, I don't see us like, uh, coming back, you know, anytime soon. So I was like, we're going to have to get a, an apartment down there. Yeah. I remember that. So she was like, what the heck? We got this brand new house. We got like two kids over here, you know? <laughs> right. So and you like, had just bought another house. You had sold that first house, bought I another I still, house in Rancho. No, I still had the Fontana oh, house. The Fontana I was house. still in Fontana. So okay. I, um, I told her, I was like, Hey, leave the house and you know, I'm going to get this apartment for uh, a year lease and let's just write it out for a year. I want, I'm, you know, I want everybody to be here. Right. And, uh, yeah. So she moved, she moved over there. I think she lasted like three or four months. You guys, she was out there for that long. Yeah. She, she yeah, had, I don't remember that. Yeah. Three or four That's months. Crazy. And then <laughs> she ends up getting, she gets pregnant again and then she's like, all right, time That's, to go home. That's right. <laughs> That's right. She said, she's like, I ain't staying if I'm, I'm not staying in Tracy. So she dipped out. So she <laughs> left. And then, uh, so yeah. So yeah. Stayed over there in Tracy and, um, yeah, we we're growing. So we just, I just kept hiring, man. Just kept hiring, kept hiring. We we're doing good. And, uh, I eventually, you know, that lease expired. It was kind of cool because it was like, I was like, all right, I can afford, you know, my mortgage over here. And I was, you know, leasing this. I was like, all right, right. maybe, you know, it's time to, to get another spot. So anyways, uh, moved back, had the operations going uh, over there. Had a good manager, Jeff, that um, that's still over there right now. So he was running, running the show. You know, I was pretty much taking all the calls, helping him out. And then I would go over there like every other week. I'd go for a week, you know, work work for a week, fly back home, um, you know, work a week in Rialto, just, just, oh. I'd be constantly just flying back for, I don't know, three years. And, oh, wow. you know, to this day, that, that operation over there going over there has pretty much grew way faster within the, I think we're there for five, six years now, way faster and grew way bigger than, than my operations over here in, really? in Rialto. So yeah, just the, uh, you know, the, the, the risk or just, just going for it. And, you know, the San Diego uh, situation to another market, I didn't know how that was going to turn out yep. to go into Tracy. It's all like, you know, benefited me, you know, you know, pretty well. So, yeah, but yeah, not, not, uh, not being afraid to take the risk and, you know, you know, also 
you know, having a good support system, you know, with the yeah. wife and, you know, trusting me to go out there and, you know, build all that stuff. It, uh, it was, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. So this cool. day it's huge. Yeah. No, it's, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Um, I, I saw a quote, it said, um, something about, I, I'll, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. Um, but dude, it's, it's, it's such a, such a massive story how that happened and the sacrifice that you made from not just San Diego, but Tracy, right? Uh, oh, I know what the quote says. Men do badass shit when they have women who believe in them. Oh, hell yeah. Right? I love that. And men do badass shit when you have women that believe in them. And she believed in you, right? I mean, oh, think about sure. the sacrifice to go to Tracy, to spend the time there, right? The sacrifice to let you go to San Diego to do what you, I don't say let you, but for yeah. you to go to San Diego and you do what you have to do, you guys, we had the loonies on and they said, pick your heart, right? We need to pick our heart because either way it's going to be hard, right? But you, there's a sacrifice and it's the sacrifice to go out and do what you did, or the sacrifice to not, and you're gonna probably complain about the life you have. No, for sure. Yeah, it was tough, man. It was it was not easy. It was not easy. That's dude. That's yeah. inspiring. Especially that's... having little, you know, little kids at home. Not the greatest feeling. Not being able to, you know, tuck him into bed and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, it was tough. But you know, to this day, I, you know, I thank God that that was like one of the best decisions I ever did going out there. With uh. Yeah, that business has uh, has blown up for sure. And how much has it stretched you personally? As far as what? Personal development, just oh, you being man. a better, per I mean, just overall. Man, I think that pretty much made me, man. I feel like That's after, awesome. you know, after that Tracy, you know, that whole deal, that thing, I feel like, all right, I could do anything now. Like, Hell you yeah. know, I, I got the, uh, got that operation going, built that up, you know, got good managers, got a good team and, you know. It, it 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 pretty much made me man. It was awesome, cool experience. That, still doing it too. We're still over there. That right there is priceless. You guys still have Tracy going. You yep. plan to keep it? Oh, absolutely for sure. Heck yeah, yeah for sure. But, so how how many trucks are you at total now with Tracy and Rialto? Where are you at? Yeah, we're at uh, twenty five tractors. We do like thirty thirty five employees, give or take. So sick. Yeah, dude. let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's up. Uh, but man, it's like I kind of mentioned a little bit before you know, taking that next step and, you know, having operations managers before, like it was just myself. Right. And there is absolutely no way that I could, you know, run this big of an operation by myself. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. And it, you know, you need people. Yeah. You know, for you kind of, you know, putting that in my mind kind of made a, made me think about it and then just doing it. And then, you know, to this day right now, like my team is freaking pretty badass. Yeah. You know, I got, you know, some good, good heads with, uh, with some of my managers, you know, Johnny accounting. Yeah. yeah Johnny, uh, he, uh, manages my SoCal area, Jeff and another Alex, they manage my, uh, NorCal Justin does, you know, the accounting and a bunch of other stuff. And man, it's between, you know, everybody, you know, we, we do pretty, pretty well. We got a pretty good team right now. So good, dude. For sure. So good for you to see that, you know, a lot of people, we want to make that decision. We want to make that hire, but we're so caught on to that operation, right? Like you said, yeah. no one can do it better than me. And mm -hmm. so many of us are caught on to that. Yeah. Amazing things happen when we let go. Oh man, for sure. Like, you know, kind of looking at the other contractors, cause you know, I'm not, you know, the only contractor with FedEx, there's, you know, right. over a hundred of them and, uh, kind of in the work area where we're kind of, I specify, and I think there's 20 of us. And, um, you know, I see some contractors that, that have just 
flatlined at a, you know, they don't grow. They're just content with what they have. Mm -hmm. They're still, you know, in a truck driving all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, they're still holding on. Yeah. We see it in the business every day. Yeah. Right. You know, I have, I have so many people ask Adrian, why are there so many realtors that don't make, don't do make, don't make any business. Don't do any, don't make any money. They don't do any business. And you have these other people and there's only a fraction of them. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I see that all the time. Can't let go. Man, I'll I'll be driving my personal truck kind of around, you know, the area where we do our work and I'll, you know, see a, a business owner driving, you know, I'm like, oof, I remember those days, but I'm like, they're still man. stuck in it. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, it's not the strongest of the species that survives nor the most intelligent, but those most adapted to change. Yes, sir. From your famous, your favorite person, Charles Darwin. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love so it, love it. So I love it, dude. Inspired story. You go from no trucks to twenty five trucks. You have two. I mean, massive operations. You're still super young, man. What's what the heck is next, man? Uh, well, I you know pretty much got this uh, logistics kind of stuff. I mean, it's still growing. Oh yeah, we're still growing. We're still focused on that. But now I think it's you know since we got you know a good team, we're you know we got into real estate. We've mm -hmm. uh, kind of leverage the uh the logistics industry industry that we're in and we we uh bought some properties my brother and i um in that general area where fedex is at so right. you know you got to think you know fedex ground has just at that terminal probably two three hundred contractors and out of the two three hundred contractors let's just say they got you know at least five vehicles each there's a lot of you know truck maintenance and a lot of money that those you know those uh those vehicles are are going to be uh right. storage you know and... storage all that good stuff right. so you know kind of in this i call it like the little golden triangle of this you know bloomington area that we're uh that we're in we you know oh yeah sorry <laughs> edit, edit that out edit that out yeah but i'll find it first so, <laughs> so the first one to it. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so we you know kind of buying this area and you know they're all gone acre properties you know house yard you know you know we ran out to we have our mechanics there all that good stuff so you know got into that got into that uh industry and the plan is just to you know just buy more properties like that and keep growing in that area too they say if you want to get richy you got to get niche and you guys <laughs> you like that yeah <laughs> You guys got niche with your you guys got a niche with your property. That's what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, for sure. if you look at your the, the houses you guys buy, your average investor will say no deal. Right? Oh, for sure. They say no deal. Absolutely. But they don't realize what a unique property you guys have. And a lot of people don't realize this. Real estate isn't just in the house that you rent. You also have the lot. Like you guys are taking advantage. Like how many different income streams does one lot bring in? You have the house. Yep. And then well, if you do I'll, I think the best example I can give is um, is uh, a property that my my uh, my dad had purchased. I'll use this one because this one this one's a it doesn't happen all the time and it's a little it's a home run that he had hit. So bought this property five acres um, right in this area that I'm telling you about, and they there's next to the five acres there's 20, 20 acres, and um, it's planned for a commercial warehouse. So it's you know they need his 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 land. So anyways, on his land, it's, it's residential, but it, you know, it's on the verge of, you know, going over to commercial. So the house, the five acre, um, uh, the house on the five acres, it's house. And then he put up, you know, huge, like freaking, uh, uh, carports mm -hmm. and he started subleasing them to, uh, 
to different, um, you know, different tenants there. I'd say like, uh, I think you had a guy building trailers, like uh, flatbed trailers and mechanic and this and that. So I think between everything, he was making almost like 22 grand in a on month. On one house. Rent. Yeah. On one house. And he bought it. Oh yeah. He bought it for like 550, 550 <laughs> grand. So he did that. Yeah. He was killing it. I'm like, man, 550 this guy, to 20 grand. That isn't even, there, that's the, the, the number, the numbers in, infinite. It's crazy. Infinite. If you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Not exactly legal, but he was doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's, you know, doing good. I'm like, man, how the hell does this guy just keep freaking finding these things? Right. And if you know Augie, he's freaking constantly getting into something. Always. So, um, so anyways, he does that on a three, four years and, you know, somebody knocks on his door. Hey, you want to, you know, you want to buy and he ends up, you know, selling it for pretty a lot. I don't even know if I want to say that. Yeah, no, it's not disclosed. Yeah, yeah. He made, he made, he made out well. So, um, anyways, but yeah, that's the, uh, type of properties that like, uh, we like to look for that, you know, nobody's really checking out and, um, yeah, pretty much all, all next to commercial warehouses, you know, I know a lot of projects. I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money flipping. I've never known that scenario. That scenario is like dude, crazy, huh? crazy, yeah, crazy, but it just, it goes back to we have to, that's a niche. It's a specific niche that you guys are in. Yeah, right? for sure. And it's so, it's so unique. How do you guys, how do you plan on growing that? Do you see yourself owning, you know, multiple different, um, you know, like hundreds of, of in rental properties? Yeah. How do you see your investment portfolio folding out moving forward? Yeah. So right now I think we're, uh, I think we're at three. We mm -hmm. just closed on one maybe a month ago on two acres. It kind of in that, uh, that same area I'm talking about. So right. we're, uh, rehabbing that up right now. It should be done in the next month or so. And, you know, talking to yourself and I was talking to you, uh, to Eddie Salinas as well, kind of steering me, uh, to, to do some ADUs in there. So that's an option on the table. Right. So, um, yeah, just land. So I think you guys have a huge niche in yourself though, dude. Like, yeah, I think the ADU is big, but I think what you guys do is even bigger. Yeah. It's a, well, there's still room. There's like, you know, we could do, you could do both. Yeah. We could do both for sure. Is that what Eddie was saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's saying do both. So, um, yeah, but like that, looking at different properties to uh to purchase. We have another one on on a half acre, one in Fontana as well. So, I love it. Trying to get into that. Do you plan on growing the uh, logistics space more? Do you plan on? I mean, do you have like a goal to get to a hundred trucks? Is that something that's that's? You know what, or? man? I at one time I did have that goal. You know, fifty trucks, a hundred trucks, and you know, I'm not saying that I don't want to grow anymore, but you know. I'd, I'd definitely like to hit maybe 40, 50 and you know, it's work for sure. Yeah. Not that I'm scared of work, but now like we, the team that I have right now, it's good for my operations. Like we got to take that next step. And I think let's, let me uh, kind of rephrase that. I'd like to grow in a different market now. You know, I oh, kind of, like you know, I'm kind of cool with what we, uh, the, you know, the areas that we have, Yeah. but I'd like to get a separate operation. That's cool. I'd like to get a separate operation going for sure. Maybe Thank out of you. state somewhere for Arizona. Yep. Somewhere. Forward thinking. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. So what's some advice from people listening in? Maybe they want to get into logistics or maybe they, you know, they're young and they, they know they should be going in on all some, all in on something, but yeah. you know, there's just that fear of being young like you were. I mean, what are some parting words? Some, you know, just some, some good things that the audience can take away. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, all logistics companies are different. You know, I, you know, pretty well educated in, you know, the, the area that I'm in, but there's, you know, flat bedding, uh, you know, bunch of different type of trucking companies. So one, whatever, whatever, you know, field that you're getting in, learn it, 
maybe work for somebody for, for a year, two years, understand the business, know how, know how it runs, uh, get familiar with, uh, with the equipment, with the tractors, with maintenance, how much this costs. There's a lot of people that kind of see, you know, what we're doing and, you know, they may, they may think it's easy and they'll go and buy a hundred and a hundred fifty thousand dollar truck right off the bat, like boom, brand new truck. Right. You know, I'm ready to roll. And you know, when their runs stop coming in, you know, they got a huge note and no work. Mm. So definitely learning, making sure you have, you know, if you're dealing with a broker, you know, make, make sure that that broker is going to be keeping you busy. Um, but yeah, definitely learning, learning the business before going into it. Insurance, your, you know, your workman's comp, you know, there's a lot of, I think, you know, a lot of companies, they, you know, 1099 drivers and, you know, you, you got to do that when you first start off to, you know, kind of make ends meet, but, right. um, yeah, man, just learning. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn yourself before you throw yourself in there full time. I love it. I love it. And the next question I have for you is, you know, you've inspired me to, I was like all work at one point. And I, and one thing that I've always admired about you and your family and your dad, like you guys always, you guys always go out and do like oh, yeah. dope shit. Yeah. Like, and I mean dope shit. I mean like dope shit. Like Alex has a badass boat. Like just so you know, like it's all right. Alex, like <laughs> and I didn't have a boat. Like, well, my dad kind of planted a little boating seed in me. Not too much. It wasn't until I hung out with you and your dad and your brother yeah. that I was like, oh dude, I love this shit. Right. So, yeah. but like you guys do dope shit, right? Let's talk about that. You don't yeah. just work all the time. Like you also enjoy the fruits of your labor. You enjoy yeah, for sure. Time. You guys have rad vacations. You guys do a bunch of, you know, cool stuff. Talk about how you, how you, it's not even a balance, just how you've mixed the two. Yeah. So, you know, growing up from, I don't know, when we were kids, five, six years old, you know, my parents always took us to the river. You know, we did the whole river scene, um, off-roading, glamorous, all that good stuff. And, right. uh, that was like one of my, you know, favorite, favorite things to do as a kid. And like that, I think back and think of all the trips that we did and we had a blast. So, you know, we having kids now, I want them to, you know, experience it. And I still have a, you know, a blast doing it. My parents still go. So, right. you know, it's awesome going on the river. And then, you know, my brother has his family, his kids, yeah. my kids, you know, everybody's playing, you know, we got friends that go family still goes. It's a, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. And then the boats and all that stuff. That's a, that's just a plus for sure. But what about those that are like all stuck in work and they're like, but Alex, I got to save all my money. I don't have time to go to the river. <sighs> yeah. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. I, I get it. You know, y you know, these toys are, you know, they're, for, they're expensive. Yeah. They're, they're, they really don't do, don't do much. I mean, they're, it's a lot to maintain all that good stuff. You, all the, the horror stories you, you hear about boats. So, you know, I get it. You got to have your fun, but you know, I think you got to wait until you know i i guess it just depends on the individual you got to wait until you know that you're ready to to do that kind of stuff and spend that type of money on stuff i mean you know when i was when i was younger you know during uh when i was 21 to uh, I, I think i was 28 when i bought my first boat or any any of uh any of the other you know liabilities yeah, razors, right you know, I didn't have anything. I would just, you know, hey, dad, mom, you guys going to the, the lake or the river? Can I cruise with you? You know, right. so you're you know, putting in the work. Yeah. You know, putting in the work. And, you know, when I had enough money to, you know, to buy that stuff cash and not having to freaking finance them and, you know, making sure that keyword. Yeah. Yeah. For, don't keyword. Don't, 
Don't take a 10-year loan out on your boat or a, 20 or 30, whatever. On a $700,000 boat. You know, whatever, whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just being, you know, having fun. You know, if you're working hard, have fun for sure. And then, yeah, like I said, for me, it's like, it's it's an awesome family experience, like River, Glamis, all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, it's a good time. I wanted you to talk about it because you're, you're very successful and you still enjoy your life. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of other successful people that don't enjoy their lives. Right. Yeah. And as our buddy Floyd says, they ain't a hearse behind you when you, when you're, when you're uh, in that's, that casket, baby. That's true. So you might as well. Right. But, but as you said, within means, right. Don't yeah. go get yourself over leverage. Don't go do something oh, stupid. Yeah. And, and if anything, for those of you that are listening, like we all like to do fun stuff, but when Alex got paid, when he, when he first sold that route, he didn't go do, he could have went and bought a boat. He could have went and bought a sand. He could have went and bought all the stuff he liked, but there were sacrifices. Instead, he put it back into the business and he knew that yeah. when that time comes, no loan. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then it's all, big. It's so big. You know what? And I, you know, kind of touching on that up, kind of brought up something to me. So yeah, I was, you know, from, I was making decent money, you know, in my early twenties, all the way up to my thirties. And I had, I had a good chunk of cash that I could have went out and bought boats, but I was growing so much that I needed vehicles to purchase two new rigs. Right. And I was like, all right, well I could finance, I could finance, you know, for five, five years, have like, you know, thousand, two thousand $2,000 payment on these trucks, or I could, you know, spend 50 grand paid off and then just, you know, I don't have a note and I'm making, you know, cash profit right away. And that's what I did for, I'm still doing it right now. I, you know, just buy every ca any cash that I have, just buying vehicles, buying trucks, buying trucks, awesome. more rigs. But yeah, I could have easily, you know, yeah. stacked up all that stuff. Like, ah, I'm cool with the four or five trucks I got. Um, you know, I'm gonna go buy, you know, a boat or you yeah. know, some toys or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, I think you know, I bought that my first little sleek craft boat. Yep, twenty five grand. Yep, had that for I don't know four or five years, and then went up from there. Yeah. But it's just so cool, dude. Yeah. It's so I I um you look at the take that money, you're going to go buy and 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 I I'm assuming this also came from your dad too, but you take the money, you go buy the truck cash. There's no there is no loans. So many people I know have so much debt because of loans, because of credit cards. Your dad has more he I mean pretty much everything he owns is Yeah. Like there's there's he doesn't have yeah, that he much doesn't, debt or, he, or he's not over leveraged or yeah, leveraged he, to the Right. I mean, he does no, you're absolutely right. He's, you know, doesn't have overhead on, you know, a lot of his vehicle, all his, uh, all his rigs are pretty much, you know, paid off. I, there's two, uh, I know there's two sides of thinking with that, you know, yeah. you know, you got one person on one hand that doesn't want any debt and, you know, one person on the other hand that, you know, wants to finance and, you know, leverage the bank's money, all that good stuff. And I get it both ways, you know, yeah. to each his own man, my, you know, I rather I, I after learning a lot, I'd rather go the, the way that. The, yeah, the it worked out right, Roy. Yeah, I, I think in you know my business, you know, having you know buying the the tractors, you know, outright and not knowing or knowing that you don't have a payment on them, keeping the overhead low, having that money for maintenance or whatever, um, has helped me out big time. Huge. And mind you, like my trucks, like there's some trucking companies out there that man, they'll have $150,000 trucks, bad ass trucks. Over leverage. Sweet. You could like eat, you know, eat on those damn things. Right. Have them cleaned. You know, my trucks are good running trucks, good engines. They may not look the best, but they're, they're rolling. They make money every day. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. There's, yeah, there's two, uh, but yeah, just try to keep the overhead low, save up for, for maintenance, all that good stuff. And, and, uh, 
you know, keep it rolling like that. Keep the profits uh, juiced up. Huge. Especially now, guys, you know, there's um, things are going to change, as you guys know, over the next two to three years. Right. And it's important that you're keeping. Do not be over leveraged. You know, when you look at it, leverage is what it could help you, but it could also bite you in the ass. Sure. Right. And now if you're borrowing money at one, two percent. OK. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, have you seen that meme? There's like the king looking down on everybody. And he goes, when you locked in a 2.5% interest rate, looking oh, down yeah. on everybody. That's I love you. It. That's you, huh? Oh, I did. <laughs> 2.8. 2.8. When you're borrowing money super cheap, it yeah. makes sense. But when you go get a loan for a truck or a boat and your interest is 15, 17, 20%, oh, that yeah. makes zero sense. Right. And so what I think a lot of us have to look at is what is uh, what is the cost of our future decisions compared to what is our cost of our current decisions compared to our future vision, right? What's the cost of our current decisions compared to our future vision? If we make the wrong decisions now, that future vision will never come into play. Had you made that wrong decision with that route? Oh, man. What are we talking today? Man, imagine. Yeah. Crazy. 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 Dude, I love it. Well, this was fun for uh, people that want to get a hold of you. You guys, you want to definitely follow him. He has some dope shit. He always posting, you know, where he's going. But how do they find you on Instagram? Uh, I don't even know my Instagram. I think it's Alex Pena underscore. Tell me what he cares like about that. it. Yeah, Just go know. to Alex don't, Pena. You'll find him. I'm not that interesting, but find him, follow him, let him know, you know, about the episode, share something nice with him. All right. Bother him. Had a blast, man. Thank I love you. it, dude. This was so cool. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you aren't doing so already, hit that subscribe button. And you guys, I am doing a contest, uh, actually more of like a giveaway. We're going to be giving away some money for the number one comment that comes up on the podcast. So rather if you are listening to this on iTunes, uh, Spotify, if you are on YouTube, leave a comment. We're going to be reviewing that in the next 30 days. Thank you so much for watching, brother. This was fun, man.